Welcome to Jesus Dates. Should I change my prayers? Should I change my attitude? Should I fall prostrate before you? Like, what do I need to do? It felt like I had done everything I could, that I really just threw up my hands and said, I'm over it. podcast where we meet up to hear stories about how God is moving in the lives of everyday people. Whether God has saved them from a fiery furnace or simply spoke to them in a Starbucks, we get to hear all about it right here on Jesus Dates. Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am the oldest of one other sister. Um, so, and we definitely fit the older sister, younger sister personalities where I'm a perfectionist, I'm organized, I kind of take charge and, um, she is super eccentric and she loves people and relationships are really easy for her to build and (laughs) she's really artistic and creative. My mom was a stay at home homemaker for all of the years throughout our high school years, and um, now she works in ministry. Um, She contracts for the Center for Youth Evangelism out of Andrews University, and my dad has worked for Delta Airlines for many years, and so we as a family have enjoyed traveling all over and is really enjoying each other's company, so that's probably like the heartbeat of our family is we're really intertwined together. We love doing things together and experiencing new things together. That's awesome. Now, where do you currently live? I'm currently in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So how did you get from the north to the south? Like, how did you get to Tennessee? Yeah, um, I don't know really where I was planning on being, but the south really had never swept across my mental map a position became available at Southern Adventist University and my chaplain and mentor of mine called me up and said, this is something you've definitely been called to do. You should put in an application for this. And I went ahead and did so. And and a week after the interview, they asked me to come and be a part of the Southern family. And so I moved down to Chattanooga, Tennessee in the summer of 2014, and I've been here ever since. What is one story that you can share with us where you absolutely knew that God was working in your life, and kind of where does that story begin? So my my story, kind of my second touch from Jesus is what I call it. Mm. Um, having known him before and having been baptized really early on as a child, um, my second touch or my, my second conversion story where my faith really became so much more deep and intimate with God uh, began in the summer of 2015. Man, the summer of 2015 was just a really difficult summer for me. I felt um, the word rejection comes to mind. I felt rejection Mm. on several different levels in my workplace environment in my online dating experience and where I was at in that moment, this made mm-hmm. me really feel like I had, had been completely rejected and just left alone. And I knew that God was a good God, but in all of my prayers, specifically for a husband, it just seemed like God had a threshold 
and he was delaying or he just wasn't actively involved. You know, all of these things kind of came to a head at the same time, these different categories of rejection. Um, they all just kind of took place during this particular summer. And Oh, so it um, all happened kind of in one summer. It was all like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, like, with online dating, I've been talking with several different people, and I would talk to someone for a month, and everything would fall apart. And then I would talk to someone else for a month, and everything would fall apart. <laughs> it just felt like yeah. um, probably many people's typical dating experiences, but because I had been praying this prayer, you know, God, bring someone into my life that's going to be my future spouse, it really felt like if God couldn't or wouldn't tackle this one big area, my heart's greatest desire, if he wasn't going to give me my my heart's greatest desire, then he maybe wouldn't take care of anything else, or he would delay and take his time on everything else. And so I think that's why the prayer for a husband and not having that fulfilled at that point just really felt like, and God, are you... Are you really as active in my life as what everyone has always talked about? Are you really that personal God that's going to come into my life and and move things and shake things up and fulfill prayer requests? Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I really wrestled with God over a couple of different things. Like, man, should I change my prayers? Should I change my attitude? Should I fall prostrate before you? Like, what do I need to do to show you? my authenticity to show you my humility to surrender everything over um and I guess that's really where Mm. I got to a place where I felt like I had done everything I could that I really just threw up my hands and said I'm over it so then how did you move on from that or like what happens next (laughs) after you give up you know it was in the midst of that brokenness that one of my pillars of friends one of my spiritual brothers Um, called me up in October, and he asked if I had read this book called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Hmm. And I hadn't at the time, so he encouraged encouraged me to get a copy of it and to read it. And I remember reading in the very first chapter or introduction, Mark says something along the lines of, if your prayers aren't impossible, they're insulting to God. Because God does impossible things. I think my pride said, and my arrogance said, well, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been praying impossible prayers. I agree with that statement. I think that statement is awesome. Yeah. But that's exactly what I've been doing. And nothing's happening. God, why haven't you shown up? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that's what ensued from that was a conversation with my friend Mikey who asked me, okay, well, explain to me what your impossible prayer consists of. And I said, well, I've been praying for a husband. Like, it must be an impossible prayer because it hasn't been fulfilled yet. And he he said to me, man, I just remember it like it was yesterday. He said to me, Anna, that's not an impossible prayer. He's saying that that general of a prayer isn't really an impossible prayer. Oh, I see, I see. Praying for a husband. Yeah, so the other thing he said to me is, Um, He's known me for years, and he said, you know, Anna, I know that you have really high standards. And so when you're praying for a husband, you're praying according to those standards and some of the things that are on your list, because every girl has a list, whether she knows it or not. 
he said, you know, but but that's not really impossible either because human standards are are just that. They're human standards. But I wonder what would happen if you traded your standards for a husband, for God's higher standards. And he referenced Isaiah where God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and said, well, if that is true of God, then his standards for our spouses must be higher than our own standards. And that's something that we can't fulfill as human beings, but only God can. And then the other portion that Mikey had, had told me about was, you know, you've been praying without any kind of timeline, which means, you know, that you could take matters into your own hands and make this happen. But what if you asked God to introduce you to your future spouse? within a certain amount of time. So that's kind yeah, of, that's, that's kind of bold. On the edge of testing God and not testing him and how much do you test him kind of thing. But again, what do I have to lose? Yeah. So did you do it? Were, did you set a time? I did. I told God, I asked him, <laughs> um, will you introduce me to my future spouse within the next year. All right. And and I do remember in my conversation with Mikey, I asked him, what happens if God doesn't answer this prayer? What happens if God doesn't come through? And I remember his encouragement just kind of uh, smacking me across the face and saying, if you're not really willing to pray this prayer, then what kind of relationship, what kind of faith do you really have in your God in the first place? Ooh, he said that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> this is why I love my friends, like, <laughs> speak truth into my life. Then what happens next? Was it, like, the next week God shows up with this, like, handsome stud on your doorstep? <laughs> <laughs> yep, man, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, month goes by, and another month goes by, two months go by, and we're in January, and I had been talking to someone uh, for several months at this point, and... Really, the thing in the back of my mind began to play, well, maybe this is the person God's introduced into your life um, to fulfill this request. And so it was starting to get my hopes up. Something real was starting to take place. I felt like we had traction. And in early January, all of a sudden, like all communication was dropped. And this dude just straight up stopped talking to me. And my initial reaction, of course, I'm such a human, was just like, God, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're ruining my life. <laughs> you're like, whoa, 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 that is not the plan. Do you still have hope? And like, after this fell through, were you thinking, okay, it's still okay? Or were you thinking, wow, again, maybe this impossible prayer really is impossible? I wrestled with that because then I was, like, well, should I should I pursue after this dude who straight up stopped talking to me? Should I write him a letter? Should I call him? Should I figure out, like, what's really going on? Should I make a case and say, like, hey, fight for us. Fight for me. This is divine or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and God, like, kept me from doing that and just said, give me 30 days. Don't do anything. Don't make any decisions. Don't go running or chasing after this guy. Because oh. you think you heard something from me. Give me 30 days and, and just, just connect chill. with me. Is this kind of an impression like, hey, girl, you need to chill and give me like 30 days and I'll show up. <laughs> yeah. Like, just 
Just yeah, breathe. Definitely. And um, you know what happened in those thirty days? What? My car broke down. Broke now your blood. car just rejected you. Were you like, no? Yeah. And I had just finished sharing a sermon with our campus and I came out of the facility and I went to my car and my car wouldn't start. I let it sit there over the weekend and <laughs> one week later, um, a coworker of mine gave me the number of a local mobile auto mechanic. Um, his name is Wayne Bennett and he runs his own business and the whole premise behind his business is for the convenience of the customer Instead of owning a shop and a garage and having customers bring their cars um, to be worked on at the shop, he takes his van full of tools and supplies and everything he needs, and he brings it to the customer, and he works or services the car wherever the vehicle is. Gave him a call, um, and it so happened that we already knew each other. We just hadn't really ever formally met. He's a worship leader at my church, and so told him what was wrong, and he diagnosed it right away and said, you know, give me 24 hours and I'll have it running again, and that's exactly what happened, and man, I was so grateful, like, finally something had worked out conveniently, I didn't have to pay a ton of money, and I was just so relieved and grateful, I sat down and wrote him a card and put the check inside of it, and the next Sabbath when I saw him, I gave it to him. And I was just elated, like, thank you so much for for serving me and showing me kindness and being an honest mechanic and taking care of my vehicle and also taking care of me. Not too long after my car broke down, um, I'm sitting at Starbucks with you. Yes, and, you know, the other place um, of milk and honey. <laughs> yeah, the other milk and honey for sure. Um, and I get a phone call kind of out of the blue, and it's from Ewayne Bennett. Um, my now mechanic and I'm like man this is weird he calls me up and the first thing that he says is how would you like to change the world with me and I was like literally (laughs) held the phone away from my face and I was like Molly you would never believe (laughs) what pickup line this guy just used on me like this is crazy he was looking for another ministry leader to be involved in a particular ministry he was doing with a team of individuals and man I was just thrilled like wow this wholeheartedly I'd love to be a part of it were you like mm-hmm. oh, maybe he's it or were you like oh that's super cool that I'm like a worship leader now <laughs> so when I got off the phone it was just really all about my involvement in a ministry with someone I thought was cool <laughs> and like nothing else so from there we started Ewan and I started talking more on the phone and texting a whole lot and initially having to do a lot with this ministry that we were now working on together with a team of people. But over time, it just kind of turned out to be that we were talking about anything. And mm. um, and at this um, point, and, you were saying, you know, this is an answer prayer, like, hey, another spiritual friend. And yep. were you just thinking like, man, that's awesome, God. Like, I have a, I have a really cool friend. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I if I had had my spiritual eyes open, I think it would have seen like, man, I had this immediate prayer about my car being broken down, and God answered that through Ewing. And then secondly, I had this other prayer where I was asking to be involved in a ministry at church, and God answered that through Ewing. 
And now I had this prayer for a friend or for additional friends, and God answered that also through Uane. I think that I would have added all that up, but in my brokenness, I couldn't see the bigger picture. I was so focused on the, the micro daily interactions. There's got to be a point then, does he just stay in the friend zone? You know, that friend zone. <laughs> it's in the middle of March, and I'm driving on my way home from work, and my car like blows up. (laughs) I remember sitting in the car in tears because my car is broken down again. But I remember calling several other people first. That's the last person I want to call right now. Like I don't want to lead this man on. (laughs) (laughs) I got over myself and I called him up and I said, I've got a broken down car again. (laughs) And um, he came out and serviced it and but it was like a week later where he asked me out to dinner. What's going through your head? Maybe yeah. he's asking me out to dinner because he's a nice guy and we're good friends and he wants to talk about ministry stuff. I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, we're worship leaders. <laughs> exactly. So I like resolved in my mind, um, I'm going to go to dinner, I'm going to pay for myself, and this is not a date. <laughs> I expected him to come in his work uniform covered in grease and whatever from (laughs) being a mechanic all day and, like, experience the total opposite. He had gone home. He had changed. He looked really nice and sharp. And um, I knew then, like, my plan was completely obliterated. Like You're like, oh, we're on a date. (laughs) We are totally on a date. I just remember sitting and talking for hours. Like, we closed down the restaurant And he walked me to my car and opened the door for me and I got in and I had just really had a great time. But again, because my heart was so broken and I didn't know north from south, east from west, I remember getting home and texting him almost right away and just saying like, hey, I was in an online dating relationship not too long ago and things really didn't turn out well. And my heart is still kind of recovering from that. Um, so I, do, I don't know that I'm ready for anything. I need to take things really slow. Like, he hadn't said he was interested in me at all. He had only given me indications. So worried about being rejected again that I wanted to preface everything. Was it just kind of thinking, all right, well, this is really cool. God, that, like, these doors are opening, but I'm actually, I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I think... In all honesty, I was expecting to be disappointed by God again. Mm, yeah. That's I wasn't really, like, I was asking for an impossible prayer, but I was bracing to be disappointed again. So, really, I remember this this pivotal experience um, in this whole developing relationship with Elaine. Molly, you had invited me over for a potluck with a bunch of friends and had also invited Uwayne as a thank you for some, some ministry stuff that he had helped you with. I definitely, I definitely I remember, dropped the ball and he helped me. Yeah, I remember like in my heart of hearts like shaking my head. Molly is such a matchmaker. Like she will literally do whatever she can <laughs> to get me in a situation with another man. Yeah, so we spent the afternoon together and I remember when we were all finished and we were packing up He pulled up his vehicle to mine and asked me what I was doing later that Saturday evening. And I mentioned to him that um, one of our friends had wanted to go galactic bowling. 
And I asked him what he was doing, and he told me he was going to be celebrating a friend's birthday that evening. And I was like, yes, like, we both have two different things going on. I don't have to come up with any explanation if he asks me to do something. Like, I've already got plans. <laughs> I was such like, a terrible human being. I got plans, you got plans. They're different plans. Okay, bye. Excellent. Yep, pretty much. We packed up, we got in the cars, we went down to the bowling alley, and it's... 11.30 at night, we had done a couple of, of rounds, so it's a little bit past 11.30 now, and I remember I had just finished bowling around, and I turned around to walk back to um, my seat, and out of the corner of my eye, I caught this big linebacker of a man strolling towards me, and I knew... <laughs> automatically that it was Elaine. And I looked up and I saw him. I was totally shocked. I had not invited him. And You're just like, he asked you what you're doing. You just said what you're doing. There wasn't an invite. Right, right. And I just remember it was like that movie moment where the heavens part and the light and glory shines down on someone who is walking through the, the double doors that are thrown <laughs> wide open. Yeah. Like, he walked into the bowling alley like he owned the place. Also, very, very knowledgeable to me that he wasn't just here for any reason. He was here because of me. And I talked with God for a long time, and he slowly flipped the switch in my heart. And it was the same kind of peace that I had when I finally stopped running from that calling and said yes to him and pursued a degree in theology and pursued a full-time career in ministry is the same kind of piece that I had now, which really just said, okay, okay, I don't know how things are going to turn out, but I believe in my heart that you're going to make a way when there seems to be no way and that you've got something so much more wonderful in store than what I could imagine. So I'm going to walk forward. Or you're thinking, you know what? You have walked with me thus far and I'm just going to keep walking we're going to figure out if this is it like I trust in you God yeah I remember having this deep peace while we sat on the Walnut Street Bridge here in downtown Chattanooga talking about um, all the stuff that we were putting out on the table and I remember pretty much saying to myself this feeling in my heart that said if you move forward with you Wayne you'll probably be walking together for a long time. It was like absolutely clear to us that we needed to move forward. We had God's confidence and assurance moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and that God was like all for it, that God had kind of turned or swapped roles with me. And he was now my greatest cheerleader saying, just like, Hey, this is a door that I've opened up wide for you. Like, walk forward in it, walk forward in the glory of this, walk forward in the joy of this moment, walk forward in the goodness of this moment. I just want to shower down blessings on you. Wow. We started dating uh, May 1st, and by the end of August, moving into September, I, that was when I had this confidence uh, that God whispered to my heart, you will marry Elaine Bennett. Yay! This is yeah, it was just like, it was absolute elation, and in October, completely unbeknownst to me, he started the ring shopping extravaganza, <laughs> and here we are, like, 
one year later. When I, yep, from when I began praying this prayer, God had not only introduced me to the man I was going to marry, but the man I was going to marry was shopping for a ring. And that's the answer to the prayer. That's the answer to the prayer. And it's been more amazing than I could have ever prayed for. So on July 3rd, 2017, um, we got to celebrate our wedding day. And our first priority was just to worship. Like we had a full worship experience because I don't think either one of us take any of the credit for how our story developed and how we were established as a couple. Um, Because really, sure, I prayed an impossible prayer, but it's not because I did anything not even because of my faithfulness to praying that or my perseverance to praying that prayer did God bring anything about. God brought it about because he's a good God who can move mountains on your behalf, who can get you over the hurdles of your rejection and your brokenness, who can bring healing to your life and bring restoration to your life and really fulfill your heart's greatest desires. If you'd like to share your story about how God is moving in your life, leave us a message on our Jesus Dates voicemail number 218-656-0540 or send us a message to our email connect at thecurrentministry.com or our Instagram page at thecurrentministry. This podcast is brought to you by The Current Ministry, music by Azrael Post, and this is your host Molly Duper thanking you for joining us. And until next time... Grab a friend, a cup of joe, and go have your very own Jesus date. So how do you train a cat? Ewayne is like a master at it. Yeah, it was like one of the things that I hadn't put on the list. Because <laughs> I hadn't even thought of it. God found you a man that knows how to train cats. That means that God has real high expectations. <laughs> exactly. Give him over to Jesus. Maybe he'll find you a cat training husband as well.